I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design. I offer you this week a conversation with a previous guest about what is transpiring in the kitchen and bath space as it relates to design and architecture in real time. And the developments are simply extraordinary. This is Tiffany Cassidy of Lagnap Interiors. <laughs> I really do have a special place in my heart for return convo by design guests, and I, I don't know why. I, it means a few things. One, they came back to do it again, which means it was a good experience for them in the first place. Second, and more importantly, there is a familiarity that you and I both share with this individual or, or guests that shared experience allows for a deeper level of conversation. In this episode, Tiffany shares her experience working on projects that are leveling up the form and functionality in the kitchen and bath spaces. This is important because there are some dramatic changes afoot, and you're going to hear all about them right after this. I am incredibly proud of Convo by Design in year 10, and I'm equally proud of my partnership with Thermosol. They've been presenting partners of Convo by Design for three years now, and there is a certain amount of pride that comes with saying that the show is presented by the company that is the best in the world at what they do. Thermosol engineers the most exceptional smart shower products and steam shower systems worldwide for a few reasons. They were the first company to design patent the technology here in the U.S. dating back to 1958. Thermosol, a U.S. brand, a U.S. manufacturer in Round Rock, Texas, employs an engineering team that designs, tests, and continuously refines the product. Their quality control team tests every single steam generator before it departs the factory. Who else does that? Nobody. I have had the pleasure of working with some world-class designers and architects who tell me and you probably know this, that the idea of luxury has changed and continues to change, especially when clients want a spa-like bathroom. Steam is mandatory. Or it's just not considered a, a, a luxury space. And if you want to add steam, you have one true option. It's Thermosol. And now, Thermosol, the industry leader in steam, bath equipment, and technology since 1958, is enhancing their already stellar family of products with new indoor and outdoor luxury saunas. Available in three design configurations, each sauna is handcrafted from clear western red cedar or Nordic spruce, inspired by the brilliance of northern European sauna technology and design. A luxury bathroom isn't luxury without steam. If you want luxury, you have one option. It's Thermosol. Check them out at thermosol.com and at thermosol on the socials. There is a special place in my heart for return convo by design guests. Um, I love that you've been on before. The last time you were on the show, Tiffany, was May of 2021. Yes, and it was. people weren't traveling yet. And right. I, I, lo I view this as... And by the way, for those listening, if you want to go back and listen to that episode, I'm trying to see what episode number it was. It was 327. Um, I will put a link in the show notes so you can go back and listen to that. We were talking about St. Thomas and we were talking about the, the U.S. Virgin Islands and we were talking about what it was like at the time to specify and to have product delivered and to do design in a very weird, strange time. And we've kind of come out of that. And like we had talked about, um, we, you and I were supposed to get together at KBiz this year. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, bananas. Such a busy show. There were so many people and old friends to see. Finally, it was really nice to be out and about. So how long were you there for? Um, we were there four days, which is a lot for Vegas. <laughs> it is a lot for Vegas. Now, did you just, just do KBiz or did you do market while you were there too? We did market and KBiz and I took a spin through the builder show and through the surfaces show because okay. if I'm going to buy plane tickets and travel four time zones, I am going to walk my feet off and see all of it, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, what what surprised me was, and I don't know why I, I'm surprised by this, but clearly the building industry, the kitchen and bath industry was not just sort of sitting on their laurels waiting for, for the party to start again. 
they came out with a lot of new stuff. There were a lot of things to see. And I think that sort of goes more into a, a sort of a continuation of our conversation from 2021 about the, the modern American bath and kitchen. And I, and I specify it that way because I, I speak to international designers as well. And I, what I have learned is they think about things differently in Asia. They think about things differently mm -hmm. in Europe. They think about things differently in Latin America. They really do because they have a lot of, there's a lot of differentiation that's taking place. What did you find? Some of your observations, how do you feel now after what you saw versus coming into it? Well, so I was really looking forward to seeing what was new um, because it was just, it's just my feeling overall that over the last few years, culturally, we've gone through this sort of like revolution in how we use and see and love our homes just in general. They've become even more important and more of sanctuaries than they've ever been before. And I always go to those shows with a mission to find what's new, what's unique, what's special, and what's going to be specifically appropriate to my clientele in this part of the world and my niche. Um, and I found a lot of wonderful new things. I found a lot of inspiration. Um, I found a renewed um, concern for sustainability, which was really nice to see happening in products, um, moving more in that direction too. I've always felt like the industry shows are, are not dissimilar to the auto show. You know, when you go to an auto show, you, you get to see all of the concept cars. You get to see all of the, all of the, the things that you're going to see on the lot in the next 12, 18 months, but you're also get, getting a chance to see things that you're, you're not really going to get to see widely. You know, the, the 1% will, will find a way to buy those, but this year right, to me, right. there were, there were a couple of those out there. One of the things that, you know, SMEG does every year are, are their, their versions of, of artistically decorated appliances, which I love. I really do love those. And this year, yes. which was interesting was, um, so Kohler and their Easter egg toilets, which I, I'm just calling them the Easter egg toilets for lack of a- Oh <laughs> my goodness. Oh, Josh, I looked at that and I was like, shades of the architectural salvage yard and I really do mean shades as in the shades of the colors like um I know where to buy these from the 50s guys <laughs> yeah here's here's yeah. what I here's what I like about it I I'm not making a judge a value judgment because mm -hmm. it, when it comes to design I don't do that like if if I like something or don't like something, that's great. But ultimately, nobody really cares what I like or don't like because they're going to live with what they want. I don't think I don't see a, a lot of designers specifying those on behalf of their clients. But I think that it starts a conversation that I absolutely love is happening. Yes. And it's interesting that you say that, that like nobody cares what I think, because Honestly, although our clients pay for what I think, at the end of the day, what I tell them every time is at the end of the day, I go away and I go back to my home and you have to live with it. So you have to like it. And if the lavender Kohler toilet is the thing that you're like, this is so unique and this is so fun and I want it in my house, like we're going to make it fun and we're going to find a way to work with it. So from a design perspective, I think it's opening up a lot of new possibilities and a lot of new conversations. Um, I'm slightly traumatized by avocado um, toilets from my childhood, but you know, I'm going to move past that. <laughs> from avocado and harvest gold to what peach yeah. and um, yeah, no, uh, I, I think it was really interesting. And, and unfortunately mm -hmm. for me, I went with the greatest intentions because uh, I was speaking at Las Vegas Market and then I was doing the panel and some interviews from KBiz. 
and my intent was to to really get along and go see things but in a million square feet where you need a hyperloop to get from one side of the convention center to the other side of the convention center i i couldn't do it i just couldn't do it i i did get a chance to catch up with some friends and see some things and walk a little bit but um you know what it made me realize is that the nature of and i'm sticking primarily today to just kitchen and bath. Cause that's what I want to talk about. Cause I feel like bathrooms, right. you and I may have even covered this, like bathrooms had had a, um, they'd had a moment, you know, about five or six years ago, just yeah. right before pre, you know, pre pandemic bathrooms were taking on this spa like nature. And you and I were talking about steam and, and all of the, the ways that bathrooms were becoming more spa like, and it's only accelerated into what the kitchen now means. And I think post-pandemic, we're understanding that the kitchen has to be more performative. How have your kitchens changed? And how has your, how has your philosophy regarding the design and specification of those areas changed? Okay. Well, you know, to start out, we do so many vacation rentals that I don't always have the opportunity to really fully go for it. The liqueur new range is not appearing in a vacation rental in the Virgin Islands. I would love it to, but it's not. Um, so it is we, so funny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So we do have to be practical, but you know what? I love bringing great design and practicality together. Um, and the other thing that happened over COVID was everybody figured out how to work remotely and the VRBO industry exploded. And now people are staying longer and longer. So better kitchens are important. Um, and I spent a lot of time at the show looking at um, new innovation in appliances we always have our clients start a kitchen project by picking the appliances because of course the cabinets can be made to be any size, not so much the appliances. And they really are like the heart and the function. So it's like, what do you really want your kitchen to do for you? And then we're going to arrange around that. Um, and I found some great ranges. Like I am a huge proponent of induction and I know that's become some sort of hot button issue lately. Um, I've been cooking on induction myself for a decade. So, you know, long before it was a thing in the news, I fell in love with it and have recommended it to clients for years. So I was on the hunt for great high-end, like real chef series induction ranges. And I found some. Will do me a favor, mm -hmm. expand on that a, a little bit because, and, and let me just add some context to it. Mm -hmm. So, I, as trends come and go, um, as they're known to do, it's mm -hmm. really interesting because this idea of of induction is it is transformative um, for a number That's of wonderful. reasons. Wonderful. Yes. Well, yeah. first and foremost, let's let's not even talk about the performance, but what's going to have to happen because LA, California, New York mm -hmm. are getting away from natural gas. So you're not going to be able new builds, you're not going to be able to install natural gas. So you're not going to have the ability to do a gas range unless you have some clients who do what California clients have been doing for decades, and that is specifying the low flow toilets and then driving, having someone drive to Arizona or Nevada to get the other ones and bring them in or do all, all <laughs> right. the other things in post design. So yeah. I should say post permitting, post inspection. But um, aside from that, because I don't think that happens a lot, um, I think that many people will sort of say, well, electric when i think of electric ranges i still think of the coils you know which is yeah. long you know that's you know that's oh. contractor grade stuff at home depot nobody's nobody's putting that in in design but this induction the the idea of induction they're beautiful they're um and as it was explained to me by a chef he said look chefs like to cook with gas because they like to look at the flame and so they cook the food based 
on the flame. When you're cooking with induction, you're cooking based on the, the food and the, and the warmth and the, the temperature of the food as opposed to the temperature of the flame. I don't know that that's okay. true because I've always cooked with gas and I've always loved it, but we just ordered an induction range for our design house here in Tulsa. So I'll be experimenting with that too. So having said that and sort of framed it, tell me what you know, tell me why it works. Tell me why it works for you and why you recommend it to your clients. Okay. So I love all the things about it. So a decade ago, we moved from a house with a gas range to a condo where you couldn't have gas period. So I said, well, let me just, you know, take a risk, spend the extra money, which felt like a lot at the time and get the induction. And I will never go back. Um, it heats water so fast and it'll cook your pasta in an instant. And when your pasta boils over with all that, you know, foam, cause you know, I'm not the world's most fabulous cook happens to us all. Right. You can just lift the pot up off the cooktop and wipe it with your dish towel and put it back down because it's not actually hot. It's cooking with magnets. The surface is only as hot as the pot sitting there made it be. So I actually think it's a lot safer for children because once you take your pot away and drain it, there's not this dangerously hot surface sitting there that somebody's going to burn themselves on. Um, and it is just easier to clean because, you know, the pasta doesn't crust to the top of it. <laughs> what was um, your what was your transition like in using it yourself? Oh, seamless. I had to really? buy new pots and pans. You do have to have pots and pans that are magnetic. So if one of your fridge magnets won't stick to it, it's not going to work with induction. But, you know, that means anything cast iron works. And that wasn't a big, that wasn't a big deal to me as buying new pots and pans. I was kind of excited about that, actually. <laughs> um, but it also, it just uses less electricity in general than an electric range because you're not sitting there waiting for the red coil to heat up for 15 minutes to boil your water, right? My whole pasta experience is done in five. And, and here with the price of power, that makes like, that makes a big difference to me, you know, and just being a little more conservative with resources if we can. So I love it. I highly recommend it. <laughs> and do you, do you find that, um, in, in your specification process that the brands are giving as much attention. Here's my question. Are, are they giving as much attention to innovation in induction as they are to adding Wi-Fi or, uh, you know, the ability to go online to every appliance? So they haven't been, but they are now. At this last show, I was really impressed. For years, it's been a very limited number of selections. And if you have a client with, you know, a high-end home and a big full-size kitchen, you're not gonna put a 30-inch freestanding range in there, right? You're just not. You need the big 48-inch gourmet double oven, you know, six or eight burner kind of thing. Um, so you, and that just wasn't there in induction. Like Signature Kitchen Suite does one that's, four gas, two induction, and a sous vide. So, and which is by the way, a fabulous product, but it wasn't all the way induction. It's for people who are like tiptoeing into it, I think, you know, but then we found um, like Fulgore is doing one that's all induction and it's got this big griddle thing that goes with it. It's fantastic. And it's like, it's every bit as nice and as stylish and as powerful as you would want a real chef range to be. So I still talk to some designers who just do not like to, to go, they, they try to stay matchy matchy with mm -hmm. everything like appliance brand, um, even, even not mixing metals, even, you know, even now, right. Even with, um, trying to keep the handles completely consistent from one to the other. And I get it. I, I get it. And I think that in large part, it's because that's what clients want to see because they feel like, well, right. it's supposed to, it's a set, it's supposed to be matchy matchy. Um, 
tell me your philosophy on this and do do and there's nothing wrong with it it's not a negative or a positive it's just a preference do you try to stay matchy matchy do you now because of how the brands have all kind of gotten into a different lane do you do you mix how do you mix do you do you um do you customize handles to make different brands look similar in nature? Do you go completely opposite where you'll put a stainless on one item and a black stainless on another? How do you, how do you approach that? And I, again, I, I realize that clients preferences, but because you're also doing a lot of vacation rentals, I feel like you have a little more freedom to experiment. Yes. So I have never subscribed to the, it must be a set philosophy in the kitchen or the living room or my dishes or any of that. It has just really never occurred to me to buy the matched set. Um, But that's just kind of typical of my style. So I like to mix and match and I, but there needs to be a systematic way, something about it that makes it make sense when it all comes together. Right. So if we do a big stainless range, that's a one of kind of thing, and we want things to look at matched and coordinated, we're gonna do like panel front fridge, panel front dishwasher. So we're taking that out and then their handles will match the cabinetry handles. Um, Microwaves are a little bit of an issue because there's, as far as I know, there's no such thing as a panel front under counter microwave. But if you put it under counter, like behind the island, and it's stainless, it's not really going to be offensive. And you choose one that's, you know, in the same line, has a similar handle to the range, it's it's going to be okay. Like, nobody's going to walk in that house and go, oh, my God, are you kidding with that microwave? You know? <laughs> so, or we'll put it in the pantry if that's, if that's an option something like that. Um, yeah, just try to be a little bit creative about placement. Um, sometimes we'll do a colored range and then that takes all of the question marks out. Like there's your big focal point and then you do your hood with a cabinetry surround or a tiled surround. And now your hood's matching either your cabinets or your backsplash. So there are just so many way- different ways to kind of mix and match those elements in the kitchen that I don't think you should be worried about it, but I do think you have to like take one piece of paper on the screen and make a collage and make sure they're kind of all being friends together. All being friends together. Do you, (laughs) do you imagine a time when there will be a, a, an aftermarket for, for appliance hardware or is it just that appliances don't last as long as they once did and it almost doesn't make sense it is kind of sad that they don't last like they used to isn't it like we all had a grandma that had a 20 year old fridge and that just does not seem to happen anymore um and it's it's awful because they end up in the landfill i would love to see more aftermarket reconditioning of appliances because I really don't think those things should be thrown out. I have no idea what the solution for that might be. Um, But I do have a lot of friends stateside who enjoy sort of a vintage look in their kitchen and they will search out older appliances and do the repairs and find something, find a handle off something to bring this you know, oven back or whatever it is. So I know that exists, just not for things made in the last decade or two. You are listening to my conversation with Tiffany Cassidy. We'll be right back. We are living at a time of incredible growth, both technologically and creatively with respect to interior design, exterior design and architecture. There is no question. There are companies thinking differently about the business of design and how to make products super serve those for whom they're being made. One of those companies, and one of my favorites, is Moya Living, designer and fabricators of some of the most stunningly beautiful, incredibly durable, and highly functional kitchen 
bath, and outdoor kitchen cabinetry on the market today. Powder-coated steel with stunning lines, vibrant colors, to fit any design style or aesthetic. A history of designing cabinetry for the scientific community. So you know it's been tested in some of the truly the most harsh conditions available. Moya O'Neill is the CEO and founder of Moya Living. She's the inspiration behind the design. Designers, their specification process is so simple. It will make your job so much easier. Check them out online through the socials at Moya Living, their website, moyaliving.com, and in the real world, their live kitchen showroom in Fountain Valley, California. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's funny because I know that, look, there are companies out there that, that make, you know, an aftermarket pull for a refrigerator or something like that. And, and, and it's great. But I, I also, I wonder if the, aside from a six custom set that an appliance company offers, you know, if you look at the automotive industry, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like, like the design industry does follow the fashion industry and it does follow the automotive industry. And I'm, I feel like we're at a, we're at a point now where those types of things, like where you can take, you can take uh, aftermarket panels and adhere them to an appliance um, as opposed to going full panel. Cause that's, you know, at some levels of design, I feel like there's this burgeoning democracy of design, if you will, you know, where you get it at all price levels where you're maybe not contractor grade again, but, but every, you know, there's, there's some customization even at the lower levels of appliances, because Mm -hmm. what I'm also seeing, and I'm curious if you're seeing this as well, is this blending between kitchen and bath where people will be taking, you know, the warming drawers from the kitchen and putting them into the bathroom for, for a towel warming drawer or the refrigeration drawers and putting them into the bathroom for makeup and that sort of thing. Are you seeing, are you seeing that? Have you done that? So I haven't done that yet, but I love that. And you know, who's doing this really well at the different, you know, offering great design and customizability at different price points um, is GE cafe. Mm. That's a, a reasonable sort of mid range price point. It's actually sold at Home Depot in some places, believe it or not, but it's in, it's got a couple color options and you can swap around three different handle options too. So that's the first thing I've seen that's at sort of a normal homeowner price where you can get more of that design element. And of course it's been so ridiculously popular. You can't get one for like 18 months still. Right. So I think that says something, right? Either it says GE has production problems or it says like America's really responded to this and wants more of it. And that's what I think. Um, And I do love the crossover between bedroom and bathroom. Like we've been, what we have been doing lately is putting a lot more um, like coffee bars in bedroom closets. And that's really fun. So the little mini kitchen with the fridge drawers or the beverage cooler and the coffee maker and, you know, that kind of a little little bit of hospitality in bedrooms, which is, of course, a little hotel-esque, but very popular for vacation rental. I feel like that needs a name. Like, you know, you've got the scullery, you've got the butler's pantry, you've got, I feel like that coffee bar, wet bar kind of needs, needs a name because it's getting more popular, right? Yeah. What will we call that? The, the closet bar? I don't know, but (laughs) um, we'll have to think about that. Well, that's the thing you hang your shirts on the closet bar. (laughs) Exactly. But as you, as you add those in, have you, have you, have you discovered any call them patterns, you know, have you discovered any patterns that go along with this things that you absolutely have to have? So when I think of the coffee experience, I'm mm-hmm. thinking it's gotta be part wet bar. It's gotta have refrigeration for cream. It's gotta have storage for the accoutrements. And then you've yep. got to have your coffee machine, whether it's a, a, you know, a stand on top Keurig or a full integrated Mila coffee system. You know, yeah. are, what are you, what are you, 
what are you seeing? What have you done that, that you think really stands out? Well, and sometimes we do microwaves also. Mm. And then it's like, you know, your guests don't have to leave their room and come out and talk to you at all, do they? <laughs> you know, but the definitely the fridge drawer for sure for the milk and the cream. And sometimes we will do some juice is in there definitely water bottles because it's just always nice to have that in a room for guests um sometimes it's even a microwave it's if it's a vrbo mother-in-law suite kind of situation we usually end up doing like an espresso on the countertop for the mm. most part we haven't done a lot of the built-in mila because uh, again um vacation rental those are a little more particular and not everybody intuitively understands how to work it right so, yeah trying to trying to keep it simple nice and simple right <laughs> yeah well and and i think that that's you know look that's the point of where this whole thing goes is mm -hmm. that um the the heart of the home the kitchen it has mm -hmm. changed so dramatically you know now there nobody nobody's looking at the kitchen and saying, okay, it's a kitchen. It, most mm -hmm. people are looking and saying, thinking anyway, you know, whether there are budget constraints, there's always budget constraints. How can I get the kitchen plus? Is it a kitchen and a butler's pantry? Is it a kitchen and a scullery? Is it a kitchen and an outdoor kitchen? Is it a kitchen and a working kitchen or a dirty kitchen? Is it a kosher kitchen with, you know, with two yeah. of everything? Um, the outdoor kitchen is near and dear to our hearts for sure. Tell me about that. I love to work on an outdoor kitchen. I mean, because here our lifestyle is all about indoor outdoor flow, right? Our windows and doors are open all year long. And so having, you want to have like proximity to the full indoor kitchen to keep it simple, but you know, we're putting grills and green eggs and side burners and definitely ice makers in the outdoor kitchen a lot because there's just there's no such thing as too much ice for your drinks right um and the beverage cooler and like it's a whole deal and people on vacation love to hire a chef and spend the whole day and evening at the pool. And a lot of times the chef is cooking both indoors and outdoors. And it's just, it's really, that's a nice treat on vacation right there. In your experience, what do you think is the direction of design and technology advancements for the kitchen that we may not have seen yet? Bathroom too. Let's open it up to both the kitchen and bath. I feel like both have had such incredible advances, but sometimes, you know, you'll have so much happen all at once. And then because of those advancements it, on, on the, on the heels of that, all of these other things come out. I'm curious. And, and the, the one thing I would equate that to is like, if you look at the EV market, mm -hmm. I love looking at the EV market because Anyone who wants to follow technology trends and thinks they know about how market trends happen. I mean, look, you had the original EV1 that Chevy uh, General Motors created, you know, back in the back in the 80s, and they created such a remarkable product that they had to destroy it because it would have killed the industry. So they, they basically put the industry back 20, 30 years, killed it. And now it's back. But because of that, on the heels of that, they opened the door for someone else. Nobody expected Elon Musk and Tesla to become what they are. But were it not for Elon Musk, there would be no Rivian. There would be no Volt. There would be none of these other companies. I mean, I was, I was, um, I was watching uh, Bloomberg and I was listening to the the ceo of rolls royce coming out with their their new ev model and he said that their job i'd never heard this especially from an auto manuf manufacturer but he said that their their role as they viewed it their job was to be the industry leaders in silent propulsion i, I never thought i never thought about that 
in that way. I never thought about, you know, automotive is getting you from point A to point B. It's not about silent propulsion or sustainability or saving the planet or saving the world or saving the, it just struck different. And that's why, so as a, you know, as someone who's in this every day, what do you see? What do you, what do you think is, is next? Ooh, that isn't, that's a really interesting question. I'm just, I'm I spend most of my time going, what are, what are they making now? And wishing somebody would come up with, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, I really do think that the innovation in the future is going to be related to sustainability. Like we, we have to move that way. And there is such a greater consciousness in recent years toward it. Um, Personally, I was also looking for a lot of products that are water savers, you know, that's another, another conservation issue near and dear to our hearts. Most of us live off of rainwater and don't wish to pay for a truck of water to be delivered to our homes. So it's kind of a different way of looking at it. It's water. funny because I have to clarify though, most of us, because you're in the Virgin Islands. Yeah. 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 In yeah. the States, we're not living off rainwater. <laughs> no, no, no. You all, you all in the States have infinite amount of water plumbed to your house. And there's never a question that when you turn on the tap, plenty will come out. Um, yeah. Here, we're very conscious of the level of rainwater in our cisterns. And if we need to call for a delivery and how much you're, you know, how long is that kid's shower going to take? And, you know, so we do want the, the low flow things, but we don't want them to feel low flow. So how do you make a water conservation shower that doesn't feel like you're conserving where you can still get, you know, really good water pressure and, um, I would love it if people would work a little more on that. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so how does it how does it work for you? So, mm-hmm. y- do you have your own cistern, or is there a regional township, or is there a a govern a, a, a city cistern, or or again, do you do you have your own water collection system? So, most freestanding homes on the island, there's a there's some public water in the downtown area, but for the most part. or more of us, everybody has their own cistern. Basically, everybody has a basement full of water. That's what it equates to. Um, We live in a condo, so there's cisterns under the condo buildings, and the association owns our own desalinization plant. So the plant desalinates the seawater and fills the cisterns for us, um, which is another, you know, really foreign concept stateside, I think. So, so you have a desalination plant. Yep. Yeah. And it's one, it's one for the Island. It's one for our condo association. You have your own personal condo desalination, desalinization plant. Yep. No kidding. Our association bought it ourselves. We, We also treat our own wastewater, strangely enough. And that's just, that's typical here. Strange. How does that work? You're yeah. looking at me like, yeah. are you kidding me? Well, yeah. so here's what's interesting. Um, you know, moving from LA to Tulsa, Oklahoma to work on this design house project. Um, in, in LA, things worked one way. In mm-hmm. Oklahoma, things work a very different way. Of course. Um, but in neither case can I imagine having to purify water, having a cistern in the basement. I mean, this is, com- the, yes, it's completely foreign. Yeah. But but I'm one, I do think that, and look, this is a, this is a broader conversation for, for another day, but sure. I do think that those are lessons that do need to mm-hmm. be learned in the States yeah. as well as other countries too, because that's the direction we're going. You look at West coast water supply versus Midwest water supply versus East, East coast water supply. It's, it's different and it's fluctuating and it changes, you know, a country mm-hmm. like a country like Israel could not operate without a desalinization plant. You know, anyone in the right. Middle East, you know, you kind of have to have that there in order to survive in a growing, mm-hmm. in a growing city. So yeah, it's a foreign concept. Um, how does that work? Um, it actually, it works great um, without, you know, getting way off track. 
because um, <laughs> I'm afraid we are, but you know, we're situated right on a beach and we have all the appropriate parks and recreational natural resources permits to pull water out of the bay and reverse osmosis desalinate it and then it goes right into our cisterns and all the buildings pumped from there it's it's quite a maze quite the system of you know pipes and pumps and plumbing and whatnot but um, thankfully there's a property manager who runs all that um, the thing I love about doing you know when you do your own wastewater treatment is we use the gray water to water the lawn that's yeah. part where all the landscaping water comes from and some of the condo associations use their gray water to flush the toilets because at that point you know you're not reusing it anymore and it is a it is a little more eco-friendly way to operate things um, but it makes us very water conscious so I'm always interested in things from plumbing companies. You know, Moen has this whole system where you can put all these indicators on different points in your plumbing system to detect leaks and low pressure warnings and things like that. And I think that would be great to add to new builds here because the issue of, of water is so central um, and having that information like technology can really help us manage that system better i think yeah well it's fascinating and it, it's it's interesting because something that you said was i kind of feel like we're getting off topic a little bit i i actually disagree um only insofar as the problem is we, we never have these conversations until you have to have the conversation yeah you know and you look at the example of the um of the the ev there's another one that goes back even further there was this westinghouse video on youtube hosted by betty Furness, and i did an episode on it a couple of years ago um the the basically westinghouse was trying to sell the modern american electric home so everything in the in the home was electric and what i find so surprising about this is this came out in like 50s 60s right? 50s. I'm pretty sure it was the 50s. Mm -hmm. And there's this model home. It was, it was like straight out of the Jetsons, but they had things like the, the front door camera, right? So you had a camera that people would ring the doorbell and there's a camera and then it would show up on a, on a video screen somewhere in the house. They had a, you know, automated irrigation system. They had a home weather station. They had all of these things that, that made life easier like the doorbell, that was a, basically a ring doorbell that showed up in the 1950s. And we yeah. didn't have one until what, 2000 something. So right. it, it's interesting to me how, especially in the home, in interior design, especially in kitchen and bath, because I feel like those are the two growth areas more so than, than any other room in the home, where it kind of takes something else to happen before the innovations take place. Yes. Yes, it does. It, it, there's something in the world has to push people like Westinghouse to pull their old innovations back out and say, you know what, actually, now the community and the public is ready to talk about this. They're ready to think about it and embrace it. So let's bring it to market. Um, I feel like that's starting to happen just a little at a faster pace here lately. So last time you and I spoke, um, we were talking about the challenges you were having, uh, supply chain and delivery. Has, has that freed up a little bit for you? It has. So in some areas, not all, it's, but it's definitely better. We're getting furniture orders, not at the same pace that we used to, but at a reasonable pace, you know, it, whereas where a manufacturer used to be four to six weeks, now they're at 10 weeks, you know, for a while there, they were at 26 weeks. So it's better. It's not fast. It's better. And, and we're okay with that. You know, appliances are still a little bit of a struggle. I have a client who's been asked to wait 13 months for a refrigerator and nobody is in love with that answer, but 
so we had. <laughs> so what happens? Do you go down to, do you, did we, we talked about this. Do you have a Home Depot there? We, we do. It's you kind do. of a mini Home Depot. Okay. Yeah. And it's not quite the regular Home Depot. So what is, what does that person do? Just goes and buys whatever contractor grade they can and use that for a year. Sometimes we do that for this particular project. It's a remodel and they have two refrigerators there that are usable. Mm. They're a little older. They're a little rusty. They're not exactly what they want. You know, we want the pretty paneled front to blend into the cabinets. Um, We can stick them back in the hole for a few months and wait for the real thing. It's nobody's favorite solution, but at least you can live there and cook, you know? And Um, I love my clients who are flexible like that. Oh my God. Can I say, I just appreciate them so, so much. Um, They, you know, it's like you have to embrace island time, but this isn't even island time. This is just the state of the world. (laughs) What about, um, what about cost? Costs are up. That is definitely even like, like not a return to post levels, not a return to inflated COVID levels, but like up from COVID levels. Um, up, everything's gone up in the last year for sure. And where I'm seeing it probably most dramatically to me is in shipping because we do, Mm. you know, we do ocean freight every week from Miami Mm. to the Virgin islands and that has really, really, really gone up. And that shipping company just has us between a rock and a hard place. You know, we, we can't live without their service. So, so we're not going to try to fight it, but yeah, that's added a lot of cost to our projects. How about um, trades? So when the cost of living rises, so does the cost of the trades, because if you want a carpenter to install your kitchen here in this town, they have to eat here and pay rent here and all of the things. And, you know, when eggs are $12 a dozen, they're probably going to feel they need to start charging a little more. Are eggs really $12 a dozen on the islands? They really were at the grocery store this last week. Wow. There's... I was, I said, oh my God, no, we are not having an omelet today. Wow. (laughs) There is a, there's a, like a Costco kind of the local version of Costco here. My husband goes for us once a week and he's like, just wait, I'll buy them there. It'll be less. So yeah, it's hit a price point now where, um, I will wait to buy something to go shop around and find it better because some sometimes that's just too much. So last question for you, uh, has that, has that changed? I'm seeing a pattern here and I'm, I'm curious if the next sort of iteration in that is uh, home, home food, uh, you know, home garden, home sustainability. I mean, is it time to get chickens? Will, will eggs always be 12? (laughs) Here in Tulsa, you know, there are people that, you know, are just into, because the lots are bigger. You can, you can do that. You can go get a couple of hens. You can have some chickens and um, get fresh eggs and and have some place for, for a garden. Is, is that part of Island life? And is that something that you envision is transferable from Island life to the mainland? Well, I do really hope that gardens be you know family gardens become more of a thing here uh we don't tend to have a lot of topsoil because you know volcanic island so it can be a little hard to grow things just in general but there is definitely an agricultural movement here um and where chickens are concerned i can tell you there's like a dozen that run around on the lawn of our condo complex all day every day do you, do you guys follow <laughs> them they're around just to see wild. where they're laying they're eggs? just they're just wild they're in the neighborhood you know, wild chickens, wild cats. Hopefully they balance each other out in the end. And it's part of the charm. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I wish I knew that where they were laying the eggs because at $12 a dozen, I might be willing to follow some chickens. (laughs) Right. I'm kidding, but (laughs) 
No, I mean, yeah. listen, it's it's an interesting idea. So listen, this was great. I really appreciate the time today. I, I'm I'm enjoying this process in in a in the context of following up on KBiz. Right. You so, know, where so much came out. I just think it's it's amazing. So much of what you go to see at KBiz is the function that is behind design, right? And so yeah. the thing of it is that design is not just about paint colors and fabric swatches and making things cute. It's also about finding solutions for living. Yeah. And that's really where, you know, the Cape is show comes to me is because I'm like, I'm looking for a solution and, you know, ways to make my client's life better and just offer a higher quality experience in their home. And yeah. And also it should be pretty. <laughs> and also it should be pretty. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, good. Let's yeah. let's not wait um, two years to talk again because this was great. I really appreciate the time, Tiffany. Absolutely. Thank you, Josh. Design Hardware's newly remodeled showroom is where you will find a gallery-style space with a thoughtful display of products, purposefully positioned to allow unbridled exploration and discovery. High-end faucets, luxury tile, natural stone, wood floors, and bespoke hardware selections are presented in a holistic manner, strategically arranged to stimulate creativity and transition your vision from the conceptual stage to a fully realized space. Conveniently located, free parking available, stop by to find your inspiration, Collect samples, get expert advice, and tackle everything on your shopping list all in one place. Visit them online at designhardware.com or in the real world, 6053 West 3rd Street in Los Angeles. Thank you, Tiffany, for taking the time to talk. I really enjoyed our time together. Thank you to my partners and sponsors, Thermosol, Moya Living, and Design Hardware for your continued support of both Comfort by Design and the design community. As a side note... And you've heard me say this before, and I seriously, I mean it. The sponsors and partners you hear on Comfort by Design are more than companies with a product. Each of the partners I work with have been fully vetted, and they are owned and operated by people who love and care about what they do and have dedicated themselves to serving the design community and customers alike by providing the best products and services available. If you'd like to know why I'm such a a proud enthusiast supporter of those that support the show, email me. I will tell you all about it. Convo by design at outlook.com. Also, uh, if you are a publicist or a publicity professional, or even just a listener, and you want to hear from a designer that maybe you haven't heard from in a while, or that you've never heard on the show before, I encourage you email me convo by design at outlook.com or message me on Instagram at Convo by Design with an X. Tell me who you want to hear from. Tell me what you want to hear. If there's a show idea that, that you would like, please reach out. Let me know. I would, I would love to hear it. And you may hear your favorite guests on the show. I would be more than happy uh, to do that because you're the reason why I do this show. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the show and share in the experience. Until next week, be well and take today first. Mm-hmm.